Welcome to the Covering All Bases podcast, where we're going to discuss everything that baseball and softball players and parents need to know in order to play at the next level, whether that be high school, college, or professional. This podcast is hosted by me, TJ Moffitt, professor of kinesiology and baseball strength and conditioning coach at Cal State Bakersfield and owner of Moffitt Training Systems, and Bobby Mattia, the owner of the Bakersfield Baseball Academy and Bakersfield Braves Baseball Club. This episode of the Covering All Bases podcast is brought to you by Moffitt Training Systems. Moffitt Training Systems is an online strength and conditioning service that delivers the highest quality strength and conditioning programs to enhance the physical development of baseball and softball players. Training is delivered directly to you right on your phone with videos and written descriptions as well as access to our coaches. Check out Moffitt Training Systems today and take your game to the next level with the best physical development out there. All right. So, Bob, who's who's the podcast for? For parents and kids to understand, you know, how to get recruited, what recruiters are looking for, college and professional level. Just kind of inform everybody, kind of get them on the right track so they can have the best best available sources for them to go on to go on to the next level yes so why do you want to start this podcast to inform parents i I see parents daily weekly monthly and they are so misinformed or uninformed on how you know they can get these things done going through services or showcases where schools don't actually show up you know i'm not dissing anybody i'm just saying you know, it's not, there's, there's easier ways than the parents that I've spoken to that they can get their information out to their, you know, colleges or prospective junior colleges or four-year schools or whatever it may be. Yeah. Cause four years, not for everybody right away. Not at all. And then the kids get that, you know, that, that thought process, like, I'm going to go do this. And you're just like, you can't do that right now. You're incapable of doing that right now. And someone, someone else is going to tell you, but not with any regards. I struggle with parents that set their kids up for failure and it's their dream, not the kid's dream. That bothers me with, with, I don't want to use him as an example on this, these podcasts, but you know, I never told him anything that wasn't true. Like, Oh, just do this and you'll get that. And you know, no, it's not at all. It doesn't work that way. Why do you think parents think that? Well, could no, they're parents. You know what I mean? You'll see when you have a child. But, and it's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to word it to where it's like politically correct, you know, but, but it's like they make it real for your kid, make your dreams or goals are real, make them, you know, attainable, but at the same time, you know, realistic. It's not, I tell the kids all the time, you got to put the work in, you got to put the effort in 82 miles an hour in high school, most valuable player in the league, best pitcher in the league equates to junior college. Yeah. It just, it. it just doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't play, play. The and that's, that's where we go through this podcast. I want to talk. I've learned over the last couple of years talking to the boys in numbers. You know, I run a 7-5, but that doesn't play. It, I don't care how good a hitter you are. It doesn't play at the next level. We so you're going to have to get We don't even faster. have big pitchers that run that. That's what I mean. You, you get the, That's what people don't understand that. You know, it's a, you take a kid 6 foot, 180 coming out of high school. That's a pretty good-sized kid. Put him on a college team, especially a four-year college team, and he's definitely towards he's the a lower small, end. He's of that. the smallest guy I work with. <laughs> he's probably the smallest kid on the team. 
and he was probably the biggest kid on his team in high school. That's a, I don't want to say it's a blow to your ego. It's a little blow to your ego. Uh, yeah, maybe that's what it yeah. is, but but it's kind of realism. Yeah, you realize you were the best at your level, and now you're the worst at this level. Yeah, and, and it's not a, yeah, it's just. And a, and it doesn't mean you're bad. Not at all. And a lot of kids, me included, when I first went to college, you know, I was king, you know, dingling coming out of high school. And then I went to college, and I was like, wow, man, I don't know if I belong here. Yeah. I don't know. And I and I went, and you go I had that same experience running track. I showed up, and I was like, oh, wow. Everybody else is way better than I ever was. Yeah, it would, yeah. I got I to do something different. Yeah, you have to. It, you, yeah, you got to do something different to separate yourself from the other guys. And more times than not, it's just work. It's work. It's work ethic. It's paying attention. It's listening. You know, it's it's those things that you that aren't even taught to you in high school. You know, I don't have to listen. I'm the best player on the team. Yeah, why do I have to learn anything? Yeah, it's 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 difficult for them. Yeah, so we need them to know that ahead of time going in the best of our ability explain to them the south's going to go you know in our in our podcast i want to bring in other players i want to bring in players that are playing now players that have played in the past and give their version of you know how they felt when they went in and get their different perspectives and i'm hoping that the more we can get in the more kids can share their own emotions and their own words that it'll make sense. If it hits one kid, then we did a good job. Yeah. You know, we're not going to hit all kids, but but I think we have a chance to hit a majority of them just to get them in that right frame of mind. Yeah, and get the parents to understand, too, what's, yeah. what's really realistic for their kid and is it their kid's dream? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Just like we all have a dream. The boys and the girls are separate. The girls want to go to college, get a degree. Go on with their life, boys. Are, everything's bit, yeah. Softball girls. Everybody's you know baseball's big league dreams. Yeah, and we got these big league dreams, and my kid's going to be in the big leagues, and he might be in the big leagues. I'm not saying he's not going to be in the big leagues, but we're uh, if we were running a race right now, we're running from California to you know Iowa just to get into pro ball. You know, yeah. that's that's how far the marathon run is. Oh, you want to make it to the big leagues? Well, that's a run from here to New York. It's just going to take time. Yeah, and people don't see how long it's actually going right. to take. And what's yeah, actually going to go in process. There's good stories out there. You see a lot of guys, not, excuse me, a lot of guys. You'll see a, a minimal amount, but a handful of guys go through, you know, 30-year-olds making, you know, their first big league appearance and stuff yeah. like that. I don't think people really understand. We'll that's, be a, that's a long enough. time after they're out of college. They're already out of college at 21, Dude, that's 22. A, that's a marriage. That's a vehicle purchases and car per, house purchases yeah. and all kinds of stuff and you're still chasing this silly dream you know when when we're fortunate enough when we get alan winans on you know on the show it'll be he's a good example for that you know all his buddies all his roommates all his teammates in college they're all done you know a lot of them are married and they have kids and they have all this other and here's alan still plugging along playing double yeah. a playing triple a and Finally, the day comes and he gets a call up and it was, it was funny because a, a lot of the kids, you know, young men that are around here that are Alan's age, you know, I think they were more excited and nervous for Alan than Alan was. Oh yeah. Know? I was stoked for him. That's what I mean. Like, it's like, you see how much, how much time he's put in. 27 years old. Yeah. And you just know, like at 27, most parents think their kids are going to be in their job and building their retirement and all the other stuff. And Alan's still throwing a ball. Yeah. He's just trying to throw a ball, trying to get a 
paycheck, yeah. you know, to help pay for stuff. So it's, it's when you get their perspective on stuff and, and it's their perspective. And I promise, you know, there's, they share, there's a lot of people that share the same perspective. Yeah. No, I think it'll be good for the parents and be good for the kids to see or to hear. Yeah. Just hopefully hear and, and maybe, you know, it's not, you don't want to, I don't want to change anybody. I just want to better direct them. The more give, real. Give them more information. Yeah, the information just, they need and the information they're not getting from the people around them. Yeah. I, I have a saying to the boys. Uh, it's not, I'm not disrespecting anybody that's an agent or a representative or whatever you call them, but they'll come out of the woodwork saying they want to represent you and stuff. And I share with them, I just say, ask them, you know, does he know your middle name? And if he says no, he doesn't know anything about you. Like middle name information is public knowledge. Yeah, it's basic information get, it's you can check up on. It's information you can get. And if you just go, oh, what's my middle name? And the guy's like, I have no idea. Well, he doesn't. You must have something that he wants from you. Yeah. You don't want anything from him because you don't know him. You don't him. even know him. Yeah. You, you don't, don't even know, know his first name. Not at all. If he doesn't know your middle name, he probably doesn't have your best interest at heart. There's yeah. got to be something uh, in the end for that person, guy, girl, whoever. But there's, you know. They're looking to get something. You have something they want. Yeah. Now you just got to figure out what it is. Yeah. So where do we want to go from here? Where's where are we gonna What are we gonna talk about in the next episodes? What's the first thing we do? I think be realistic on goals to get to where we want to go. I think the next episode tease has got to be where thinking, do we I was start? What, what What do the parents really need to know? What do we wish parents knew when they walked in and, and signed up their kid and said, hey, I want to work with you. I want to get my kid to the next level. Understand. Well, I mean, this goes this goes into that, that uh, what's relevant or what's not relevant. Write this down, T. Don't forget. But like your high school stats and stuff like that have zero relevance. Your high school stats are not what anybody's looking for. If you want stats from your high school, the first stat we look for is your GPA. And then your second stat is probably your GFI, which is your gross family income. That's kind of the second stat we look for. Yeah, we're going to get you in the school. Because, well, that's the thing. Because your GPA and your GFI hold more weight than anything else. And I think we need to explain to them that four-year schools have 11.7 scholarships if that and they carry at the ncaa at the ncaa level you're allowed 11.7 that doesn't mean you have 11.7 there's some schools that have access to eight scholarships and stuff yeah. like that so so when you you think about that with 35 35 players. that's I, I think 35 is a good round number across the country uh, guys carry 35 guys not everybody you're giving up you know for simple math you're giving up 10 scholarships amongst 35 guys that's 35 percent per kid and you go yeah, to a school that's i mean you go to a school that's twenty five thousand dollars a year room and board everything else included you're getting 30 percent of that you're getting eight thousand three hundred thirty three bucks a scholarship now you got to come up with 16 sevens yeah, depending on who it you is. Know, that's what I'm just yeah, saying. Some, that's some kids small you may get more, some kids you're not well, going to get anything. Well, that's what I mean. If you just do the average now, you take your kid. If your kid's above average, he gets 40 or 50%. Yeah, that's that's the, the realist, you know, the realism of it all. 
Yeah, and you're paying how much for a showcase? Yeah. So, Bob, what do kids need to know to play high school baseball? First thing you need to know is there's politics involved. A lot of high schools have dads a coach, so be ready for that. A lot of parents go in with the assumption that you know daddy ball's over, and it's not. And it's not. It, it's not. A, I'm not discrediting high school coaches. They just don't have enough coaches, and dads are willing to volunteer and help and do the other stuff. It's not in their their financial sort resources to hire coaches and do the other things. So that's going to happen. So I think as a parent, the best way to prepare your kid is have your kid play all positions when they're playing on their little travel teams, when they, when they get stuck at third base or they get stuck in center field and they at don't 12, 13 years. Yeah, old. Yeah. Yeah. Even 10, you know, 10 years yeah. old, they should catch and pitch and play all the infield positions and outfield positions. And that gives them, if you have just, and it's not, you know, you're, you're not, uh, it just gives them the opportunity. They can move from third base to play outfield. Um, they can do things to where it makes them a little more versatile and gives them more opportunities. Cause I see it. I see it all the time. I'll see a freshman coach is coaching his kids playing and guess what? His kid's a catcher and your kid's a catcher. Well, you know, let's be real. His kid's going to catch. So Equip your kid to go to the outfield. Equip your kid to go to first base or third base, um, somewhere to where he can go play that position and nothing, you know, there's there's no hurdles that he has to jump. He just has to move out of his position and try to compete for that catching job with the, you know, realistic idea that the other kid's probably going to have to screw up. You're not going to beat him out. Yeah. He's going to have to screw up. And a lot of times, you know, when you have blinders on, you don't see that. And, you know, you just yeah, kind of go. wondering so. why is my kid not playing? Why is yeah. my kid not playing? That's my kid's better than them. My kid's better than them. Mm -hmm. Those are, And those are, I mean, those are normal parent thought processes. It's not, uh, you know, they go through stuff like that. But it's not, they, they, parents will have a tendency to compare to one kid, you know, and the coach is looking at it from maybe a different set of eyes to where yeah. he's, you know, you know, a kid strikes out twice. It's not, it doesn't mean he struck out twice. It could have been two quality at bats. And we'll get into that. Yeah. You know, what's the difference between an at bat you strike and out at bat? You know, so. Striking out doesn't make you a bad hitter. No, 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 not at all. Uh, I heard a good saying this summer, and it was from a college kid. And he said, I look at it as the pitcher's going to get one, the umpire's probably going to get one, and I'm going to get one. And I better hit it. I yeah. can't miss it. I can't swing through it. I can't do any of that. So what he meant by that was, you know, the umpire was probably going to call a strike. It was maybe a little borderline if it was a ball and you were, and the pitcher is going to throw one. That's a really good pitch down and away in the knees, down and in, maybe up in the zone, you know, somewhere that I don't hit real well. And then I'm going to get a pitch to hit when I get it, I got to hit it. Yeah. You can't take that one. Right. You can't not, not swing at it. Yeah. You're going to get one. So so trying to get the kids to understand that. And then I think more than any, you know, be ready to hit. Let's go up there and swing. That's where uh, we're going through that right now, you know, with the baseball school, with the kids. It's not, I tell the kids all the time, if you swing, you got a 99.999% chance of hitting the ball. If you swing once, that drops to 33.33. If you swing twice, it's 66.66. If you go up there and swing all three times, you got a chance to whack that thing. So... Yeah. Get up there, create some bat speed. And and the kids that don't have a very good discipline of the zone, that's okay. They have the right intentions. 
Yeah, more aggressive hitter rather than hundred percent. Yeah, no, you're going up. I'm I'm going to get my three hacks in, and if you get a kid that does that, then there's something there to work with. You know, it's not it's something. He's aggressive. He's going. He's attacking the ball. Okay, it's not a strike. I get it, but he's still attacking the ball. You can. That's a learned behavior. You can learn. Yeah, you, you can know, learn pitch recognition. Yeah, so you, you learn that stuff as you go along. But it's the kid that's you know. I don't know, you know, I don't want to swing at a ball. I don't want to, you know, chase something bad. That's part of the gig. It's that, that's how you learn. It's like a good yeah, running backs fumble. Yeah. And then they learn not to fumble. Like not you have to fumble, to fumble in that same way. Yeah, yeah. You just learn a different way to hold the ball. So um, kids learn. They basketball, football, baseball, softball, golf. You know, kids learn to not hit a driver. You don't want to do a hole that they and might they hit be. it into trouble. Yeah. yeah. And so those are all learned, and you have to learn them by failing. You're not going to listen to other people. Yeah, and kids and parents are afraid that they're going to fail. Yeah, and that's what it, the failing is a quality part of sports, especially baseball. Yeah, yeah, especially that's uh, you know for the parents out there that's what's really tough is when your kid is very bright and in school, you know the straight A kid, the four point. Plus Whatever, zero, yeah. 4.1, 4.2, 4.5, et cetera. Um, those kids really struggle with baseball because 100% is their goal on everything that they do. And that gets them their A's. And I explain to them all the time, if you get a 90 in all your classes, you have straight A's. Nobody cares if you get a 90 or a 100. Yeah. It's an A is an A. And then you bring that into baseball. And if you hit 350, which is the equivalent of 35%, you are one of the top hitters in your area. And that is tough for a kid who strives to be a hundred, understand that 35% is that's their new hundred baseball. Perfect. Yeah. That's their idea of perfect. not yeah. a realistic idea of perfect in baseball. Not at all. On the mound or at the plate. Yeah. The mound is the one that's tough. Cause I tell kids all the time, you know, what are you trying to do when you throw, what do you want to happen? when you throw a pitch and they're like, I want a kid to swing and miss. I'm like, you're not very much fun to play behind. Yeah. Those are the kids when you watch your kids and they struggle with command and it's not even, they're not struggling with command. They're just trying to throw unhittable pitches. And it it's tough for coaches to put those kids in because you literally lull your team to sleep. And yeah. then you get a kid that just, you know, throws strikes and stays around the zone and kids are hitting it and it's keeping everybody you know, engaged in the game and yeah, and the chances of that kid hits something real hard is, is low. It's uh I, I can tell you I learned this summer the top barrel percentage, that meant the guy that hits the ball in the major league baseball square on the barrel is thirteen percent. For the, the best. That was the best. The average in major league baseball was ten percent. So one in ten. One in ten you absolutely barreled. Yeah, one in ten swings. Yeah, batted balls are actually on the barrel. So, yeah, and your kids in high school, what are you thinking? Yeah, it, it's a, and I ask the kids all the time, you know, what, how often do you want to barrel it? They said every time. I'm just like, that is unrealistic. That's, you know, that's. You're setting yourself up for failure. And they learn, they understand that that's, and we'll get into like, you know, what's a, what is a, what we consider a quality at bat. A quality at bat can be a strikeout. Yeah. And, um, Quality at bats, I hit a ball hard right at guys. I hit a ball, you know, I hit a ball square. I hit a one hop shot to the shortstop and they turned a double play. 
Well, that's a quality at bat. I know the result was poor. Yeah. But you got to give them credit. You can only do so much at the plate. Yeah. You just go up there and take your hacks. You get three of them. Go up there and take your three best hacks that you can. And like I said, the pitcher's going to get one. So when he dots that ball, you're just like, all right, well done. Tip your cap. I'll be back. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Covering All Bases podcast. We encourage you to leave us a five-star review and share this episode with one of your teammates, one of your friends, or anyone else you know that is trying to get to the next level, whether that be baseball, softball, high school, college, or professional. We want to give the best information to those who need it. So please share it out. We look forward to talking to you again soon.